0: Welcome to Ripping on Bodice Rippers. My name is Kim. And I'm Jenny. And today we are reading One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Ooh! Uh, But before we get started, a little bit of an update about the future of the pod. Mm -hmm. Uh, After this episode, Jenny and I are going to go on a little hiatus, which may seem silly to you guys because... (laughs) (laughs) We're always taking hiatus. Our schedule has been so bonkers. And we are sorry about that. Yes. And we wanna fix it. Hence hence the, the hiatus. Because we're gonna plan people. Yeah. So during our break, we will just be reading and like actually working behind the scenes yes. so that by the time this season two comes around, there will be a tighter schedule. adherence to the schedule. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both hoping we can, like, read a bit more in advance and record a bit more in, va- in advance. So it's not like, oh, we need to read a book and edit the podcast all in two weeks mm-hmm. and also just keep up with work life. and yeah. life. Um, And I'm also moving in September, so we probably, hopefully, we'll get, like, two episodes in beforehand. Yeah. Who knows? Fingers crossed. It's up in the air. Kim and I need to, like, actually sit down and talk about it, but that's
1: but yeah, for another Yeah, so we're day. not
0: going away. No. Just a little break. The podcast is not canceled. It's just, you know, a summer, summer break. Okay. Well, speaking of you moving in moving. September, I think it was really apt of us to be ending on this book. Yes. It felt very nice to like be reading something about a girl who essentially has no friends. I mean, I have friends, but no friends really that I love deeply in New York so it was like nice to read something where like she doesn't really have her place yet and she finds it by the end of the book I was like oh cute maybe that's me yeah and did it make you excited or were you like oh this is just another like uh, romanticized version of New York I don't think it made me excited as more as like assured because I think recently I've just been trying to like not get excited because I don't want to get my hopes up and then just, like, be disappointed the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did, like, kind of put a perspective of, like, it is what I make it. And, like, if I'm going to be alone in my apartment, then obviously I'm going to be sad. But, like, hopefully with stuff opening up and hopefully the Delta variant won't be too bad in New York that I'll actually be able to go out and I won't be a newly moved In New Yorker having to quarantine again. If that's the case, I'll just be really good friends with my roommates. All right, well, let's might as well jump right into it. Yes, let me get the synopsis up. From the New York Times bestselling author of Red, White, and Royal Blue comes a new romantic comedy that will stop readers in their tracks. For cynical 23-year-old August, moving to New York City is supposed to prove her right, that things like magic and cinematic love stories don't exist, and the only smart way to go through life is alone. She can't imagine how waiting tables at a 24-hour pancake diner and moving in with too many weird roommates could possibly change that. And there's certainly no chance of her subway commute being anything more than a daily trudge through boredom and electrical failures. But then there's this gorgeous girl on the train, Jane. Dazzling, charming, mysterious, impossible Jane. Jane with her rough edges and her swoopy hair and her soft smile, showing up in a leather jacket to save August's day when she needed it most. August's subway crush becomes the best part of her day, but pretty soon she discovers there's one big problem. Jane doesn't just look like an old-school punk rocker. She's literally displaced in time from the 1970s, and August is going to have to use everything she's tried to leave in her own past to help her. Maybe it's time to start believing in some things, after all. Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop is a magical, sexy, big-hearted romance where the impossible becomes possible as August does everything in her power to save the girl lost in time. So I think this is a good time for me to uh-huh. <laughs> give a little preface about you know, likey. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> I, really, I really like Casey McQuiston. This is not about her. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I have like this intense phobia, icky feelings of time travel narrative. Uh huh. But not all time travel narrative. I'm very cool with you know episodic like they go into the past and like wacky adventures happen they go back right and they're right when they left in the moment Mm. in time and it's fine and they all know they went to the past but like everything's fine happened closed loop i really really can't deal (laughs) it just gives me out so bad when it's you go back to the past Mm -hmm. and there's like many many decades that have gone by without you and the people uh, in your life and the present it's like very aware mm-hmm. stuff has been happening this whole time yeah and, and that's it's exactly not- what happened <laughs> yeah and this one isn't a closed loop no, so it's, it's not, not like she goes yeah well we won't spoil it in the first like literal five minutes of the podcast but this kind of makes me question because you've seen all the Avengers movies Mm -hmm. were you weirded out by Endgame or no because they all knew they were going back into the past with the intention of like coming back and nothing changing yeah like that's fine that's fine because they didn't live in the past for like 20 something plus years well what did you think about the ending then Of... of 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 Endgame yeah, I didn't like it, but I didn't. I like. I didn't like it for many, many more okay. reasons. <laughs> just but the, time the thing about the time travel included, where I was just like, well, first of all, okay, spoilers for Endgame, whatever, whatever. But I, <laughs> but I was just like, literally, then why did the Cap trilogy happen? Like the whole point of him, yeah, was uh-huh. a man out of time and him learning to like adapt, yeah, and become the like twenty first century hero we needed. Yeah, frustrating. So then taking him back just, like, undoes all of that emotional work that he had to do. Right. So fuck up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, But Avengers Endgame aside, this book still skeeved you out a little? It skeeved me out a little bit, especially Uh when she's talking about Jane, our character who's stuck on the train. And especially when they're figuring out, like, is she a ghost? Is she Mm -hmm, not a ghost? mm -hmm. What's going on with her? when she talks about like not being able to remember anything and I was like, Ooh, something bad happened. that yeah. made her on this train. Cause then I, similar to August, I consume a lot of like a true crime, murder, conspiracy theory mm. stuff, but I was just like, Oh, well if she's like psychically like attached to yeah. this train and disclaimer, I don't even know like how much I buy into the whole ghostly plane psychic theory, right. auras, whatever. Like, I don't know how spiritual I am in that regard. But I still like, for you to become psychically attached to this train, something like so big and so awful must have happened. So then my mind was just like, where right. is this book taking us? No, I thought it was going to be like, oh my God, someone put a curse on you or something. Yeah, or like she and- was attacked for being a lesbian in the 70s. Yeah. Or- no, I fully like... I think for at least half the book or more, I was like, oh, so they're going to figure out there's like this big bad or something, because I think I read too much into like the chapter openers, because Mm, every opening chapter, you get like a a periodical that August, our other main character found while like going through this investigation. And there's one on the opening of chapter five. I was like, ooh, and it was like, now that I'm reading it back, I'm like, okay, this was nothing. But it reads, butch on the Q train. Are you the short-haired Asian woman 20 to 30 30 who takes the Q from Manhattan to Brooklyn on Thursday afternoons? Do you wear a black leather jacket? Do you like to be spoiled? This wealthy older businesswoman can provide you with a life of sensuality and luxury. And it's obviously just like to be pimped, but I was like, oh my God, like this is like gonna be a ruse and Jane's gonna remember she went over there only to be trapped on the Q train. But no, it's not that at all. Okay, it's so funny because I also have that passage marked, uh-huh. but for a wildly different reason. Where personally, I was just like, I could be that Asian woman. On <laughs> you could be. <laughs> I was like, especially the line about, "I can offer you a life of mm-hmm. sensuality and luxuries, what?" And I was just like, hmm. "Give me some years." Yeah, po- random poster. Yeah. Give me some years and some time to acquire a couple more tattoos. Right. You'll change your style. And I can make this happen. You can do it. You can do it. That's something when I was reading this, I was like, interesting. Where, like, you kind of have a connection to Jane, where. Mm. you're like similar on like a sort of surface level. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm similar to August on the surface you know, level I too. You I also but I was trying <laughs> not to like immediately self-insert the both of us. I mean, fuck but it. I also did pick up on yeah. Uh,
1: I was there like, wow. there's just like
0: a bunch of like surface level details that made that made me like, "Oh. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Interesting." And I remember when we first like when we first got this book in at uh, Flyleaf Books, the bookstore I work at, well, like no longer perhaps by the time you're listening to this, because my last day is the 22nd of August. Um, we got it in, and this was before I learned I had like curly, wavy hair. And my coworker, Zach, was like, I guess you kind of look like her, but your hair isn't as curly. And he was like, Everything else, you kind of look like her, at least on the cover. And now I'm like, damn. Do I actually just look like her, period? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, now that we threw that lens on it, I can't wait to get to the part where we dissect their sex <laughs> I mean, I would never have sex on a subway. So. Neither would I. <laughs> yeah. That's something we can both draw the line at. That, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. Yeah. Because that made me have some complicated feelings mm-hmm. because it was, like we said, it was so hot. But then my brain was just like, it smelled like pee the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) I just know it. Mm -hmm. Before we jump into the character thing, before picking this up, did you know there was going to be like a magical realism to it? Did I tell you that before? Yeah. Like I, if it wasn't you, it was just like the sheer popularity and the anticipation of the book. But I did know that this was a, this was a stuck in time. Okay. non, or some fictional stuff Mm -hmm. happening. I will say we got arcs of it at the bookstore and like the first time we got arcs, they were all only like eBooks and stuff. And mm-hmm. I didn't read the synopsis because I was like, I love Casey McQuiston's red, white yeah. and royal blue. I'm just going to read the next thing. Right. And then I started reading it and I only got like 25% in and I had to like stop because I just like, it wasn't the right time. But I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, What's happening? I don't get it. And um, yeah. So for the first like couple months that like, I knew of its existence. I didn't, Mm -hmm. like, read the synopsis or anything. And I think I really figured it out when the book actually came out to the public and Uh, I started reading reviews. And I was like, oh, Uh, I was like, that really went over my head there, didn't it? All right. Well, let's break down our characters. Let's. Um, Similarly to Sweet Hand, there is quite a cast of character. So we took notes this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, these people also have distinct personalities. So, Well, yeah, I wasn't going to throw more shade. <laughs> I mean, I'll be the shade thrower then. Uh, so obviously we have August, who's a young 20-something mm-hmm. college student. Yeah. But like barely a college student. Yeah, she just keeps flipping to new school after new school. A new majors after majors. Yeah. And I think we it's landed really it on me out. Me too. Me like, too. Please. I was like, who let you transfer as a senior? Who did that? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, our grievances aside. Mm-hmm. She is like kind of a Veronica Mars esque mm-hmm. character. Actually the book actually made that comparison yeah. because her mom raised her to very to be this very like cynical rough yeah. and tumble person who's always wary of other people and other people's intention. Mm-hmm. So at f- she lived like a homeless person. Right, and she's always picking locks or like essentially trading skills in for like a roof over their mm-hmm. head, which mm-hmm. is not great. Yeah. So then we open with her answering this like roommate wanted ad Mm -hmm. in new york and i thought it was going to be like a oh we're gonna see like a couple of these kind of thing oh but no she's landed in the apartment of nico myla and wes Mm -hmm. so nico is the person interviewing her and he is actually the resident psychic which she really was not vibing with it at the beginning like fuck that shit no and he is in a relationship with Mila, um, his girlfriend who is like this genius slash like tech ingenue. Yeah, I think she's like an artist. electrical engineer or yeah. something, and then she's an artist and mm-hmm. like she works as an engineer for the money. Right. Is an artist yeah. who can't quite figure her, out her spark. You know, Spencer Shay, but like Ooh. with a degree and much cooler. Yes. Yes cuz her like they talked about her sculptures and stuff and it's all weird like electronics and they light up and they mm-hmm. like move around and everything. Oh, and Nico, her boyfriend um is trans. So mm-hmm. we have some solid trans representation yeah. in this book cuz it it had enough background to just not be like a flipping detail that was mentioned and not yeah. brought back up but it also didn't take up so much space that it became more about him than like the actual main characters. Yeah. Yeah, no, it felt like, sort of, yes, he's trans, and that's part of his identity. Mm -hmm. Moving on, aren't him and Myla super cute together? And, like, they're a sexy couple. And, like, I thought that was a a good way to, like, insert it without being, like, check that box. Right? They're, like, the couple in the friend group that just has always been in love Mm -hmm. and who everyone kind of mocks for, like, just being so disgustingly in love. But everyone also recognizes that it's just, like... It's so good. Yeah. They do call them mom and dad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. cute. And then Wes, their third roommate, who is um an ex rich person. <laughs> like he got uh, what is the word? Um not not just dis- cut off. Yeah, cut yeah. off from his family and his inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um so he is a tattoo artist mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is in love with Isaiah from across the hall. Mm-hmm. Who is an accountant by day, drag queen by night, goes so by Depressant. So fun. Honestly, I was I was a little sad their romance resolved within this book. So I was like, please give me a book just with them trying to figure their shit out. Because I, I really dig it. That is the cast of characters in their apartment. And mm-hmm. then at, at August place of work. Yes. She works in Pancake Billy's House of Pancake. Um, which is like the staple like diner place that they mm-hmm. all congregate at and in this book it just acts as like home base away from their apartment. Yeah. there's Lucy, her manager, who's very Czech. <laughs> <laughs> I just love her. Because yeah. it was just that character that's just like oh, she's so mysterious and quiet, but she secretly like loves and takes care of everyone. Yeah. And there's Winfield, her boyfriend slash another waiter or fry cook. Well, he works there. Yeah. Another person that works there who is also a drag queen at night. Yes. Which is so fun. So fun. And then Jerry, the fry cook, who is really important and we will talk about. Mm -hmm. And has a connection to Jane. Yes. Our other lead. Yeah. It's like the... I would say that, I would call that the climax-ish. Yeah, figuring it all out. Mm-hmm. And then on the periphery, there's August's mom, and we finally have the shitty parent coming back. Yeah. And We had, like, a good three-book run. We did. Without there being a shitty parent involved. Oh, God, yeah. We really did, but I'm looking at our list, and we also had a lot of books with shitty parents, too. Yeah, Do you think their relationship triggers me a lot? and We're, we're going to talk about <laughs> this right off the bat. Okay. Um, So, essentially, everything wrong, aka, like, like, wrong, in quotes, Close. with August, her, like, inability to feel her feelings or put down roots anywhere or, like, believe in anything that's not pessimism is because of her mother. It's learned behavior. <sighs> and her mom... So her mom came from, like, a really wealthy family. So that comes with all those expectations of what wealthy children should Mm -hmm. be. And that kind of upbringing drove her mom's brother, August's uncle, who's also named August. We'll call him Augie. Yeah. Drives him away. And this is also back in 1970. So the same timeline as Jane. Mm -hmm. And then the whole mystery is he just disappeared. And we don't know why, so August's mom spends her entire life consumed with solving that mystery, right, and thereby August has spent her entire life consumed by that mystery too, yeah, and even before we knew all of the details of that, the book opens up with August calling her mom and being like, "Yeah, I found an apartment, and I'm moving in and everything." Mm-hmm. And it just bothers me so much because August is talking about the roommate and her mom immediately was like, oh, they're probably shits anyways. Like... Yeah. And, like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about making friends because it's just you and me against the world, kiddo. And I was just like, no! (laughs) I can see how it was, like, trying to, like, comfort her, but in the same way, it's isolating her a lot, too. Yeah, well, like, me and, like, you know my background i I was just like ah this is not Mm. emotional manipulation out of the gate but yeah it was like that her whole life where whenever august would like try to get close to anyone or was even close to being close with anyone her mom would be like hey it's just you and me we can't trust other people And it's, like, tactic number one, and I'm not saying it was emotional abuse. We honestly didn't have enough information for me to, like, comfortably call it emotional abuse, but it's, like, very much that tactic of, like, isolate your victim so that they only can rely on you. Mm. And I think it's stemming from her being, like, an overprotective mom to be, like, I want to keep track of where you are at all times so mm-hmm. that you don't disappear on me, right? Like my brother did, and I won't be alone in this world. Yeah. But when you have that parent and then parent daughter dynamic, it's it's way different because there's a lot of power imbalance there, right? Oh, and then like we see all the manifestations of why you shouldn't do that in right. August. Who literally owned like five boxes of two things? Yeah. <laughs> two of them were clothing. Like, yeah, she had like, what, two or three shoes, five shirts. It's like, oh, Jesus. I thought she was on the run from the law. Really? Like reading this, I was like, oh, like, did they get into like trouble? I thought Mm. this was like a we're on the lamb situation. We're going to learn her real name later. Because who owns that little? She's just been poor and transitory for her whole life. Yeah. She's like, don't keep anything close. It's just going to go away. Healthy. Healthy. And then on top of... So, yes, yeah, poor and transitory. And then we find out later on that she didn't even have to be poor. No. That was fucked. That was fucked. We should just talk about it now. Yes. But essentially, so later on, we find out that her grandma, mm-hmm. her maternal grandmother died. Yes. Yes. And her mom's on the phone, and was just and August like, okay, why did she leave me money? They've never cared about me. My whole mm-hmm. life didn't want to talk to me. Her mom was like, well, actually, kind of wrong. They paid for your private school tuition, and like they would have paid for college if you had asked, Except I told them to like cut off contact with you, and they also wanted contact with you, but I didn't, didn't allow that. it. Yeah, messy. You don't get to regulate your child's relationships. No. And what I do appreciate in the writing of that, was, well, as I was reading that scene, I was like, what the fuck? This is literally fucked up Gilmore Girls. And then August does, does up. literally say, mom, this isn't some kind of fucking Gilmore Girls fantasy. And I was like, okay, Casey. Yeah, I think Casey's really has her fingers on the pulse. Sorry, I forgot the phrase. Mm-hmm. Her fingers on the pulse of like, um, pop culture call outs where it's not too overdone, but she knows like, okay, if um like a millennial or or gen gen Z, Z. Mm-hmm. or a Gen Zer reads this, they might their mind might just automatically go to this, so instead of them thinking this is weak writing that's already playing into tropes by calling it out, she's recognizing it and is like putting it in conversation with it, which I think is really smart, right. And also I think it 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 just shows how like the extra step of calling out why it's bad. It's not even just referencing like, Oh, we're so quirky, we're like the Gilmore girls, but she's directly yes. being like, No, the Gilmore girls were fucked up Yeah because this is how that would actually play out. And that's the conversation that's at least from what I've seen is like just now resurfacing because mm-hmm. of the Netflix revival. Yeah. Whereas before, when the show first came out, it was very much like presented as, isn't this cute? Don't you wish you could have this kind of codependent, fucked up boundaries relationship with your mother? Honestly, I tried watching it um, in high school, I think like our senior year, because it had like come out on Netflix and all the seasons were on there. Mm -hmm. And my friend at the time really loved it. And she had like watched all everything in like a week. And so I was like, okay, like this is big for you. So I'll try watching it. And I like could not get past like the first season. I think I watched like three episodes because it, the mom daughter relationship bothered me like so much. Ah. I was just like, oh my God, I can't fucking take it. Like, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you acting like yeah. you're just really cool friends? You didn't buy it. No, I was just like, mm, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you were ahead of the curve. Thank you. Of the discourse. <laughs> wow. 17-year-old me, she really knew. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, I was reading this like that first I would say like that immediate introduction to August and I was like, damn, we're supposed to be the same age. Mm-hmm. And she is just so much like were I Like, her outlook on life is just so world-weary and bleak that I would, like, if I had read that, I'd be like, oh, this is a fucked up 35-year-old or, like, a normal 46-year-old. Right. Who's already had, like, two decades of, like, in the workforce and been like, this fucking sucks. But she's 23. And the reason she's so transitory and, like, keeps prolonging her college career isn't because she's stupid. She's actually quite intelligent. It's just because she's, like... I have no clue what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that. But I was like, girl,
1: it's okay. <laughs>
0: just just get a degree it doesn't even matter what it is anymore you're paying through the nose for it you said you're paying through the nose for it she slept on an air mattress for the first like half of this book i know i know and then there's like a moment when she gets like almost obsessed with like figuring out and just mm -hmm. figuring out the whole like mystery of like okay how do we get Jane unstuck from this train that she's like I didn't go into work for three weeks and I missed class all the time and my bank account was up down to twenty dollars and like she mentions like very blithely that she missed two midterms and had to make them up and I'm like what the fuck yeah didn't that I that gave us both like I know it stressed us both out in the same exact way Yeah. yeah I mean I think we're very like by the book mm-hmm. in terms of like school like we yes. do this and then we'll get a job and like mm-hmm. so it just it really is like whew, to like imagine me in that situation of like you you keep transferring schools you never make friends you don't even know when you're going to graduate and now you're a senior and you might not you've had tr- you've oh tried out three majors yeah that made me sweat so, so bad and the lack of money is like whoa $23 23 in your bank account I'm like how did you make enough money the rest of the month to pay for rent and then she immediately after that was described like she woke up checked her bank account saw the bunch of emails from her college Mm -hmm. got an angry call from Lucy because she hasn't shown up in three weeks yeah after that they were like and then she went and bought Jane like food I know oh my god I'm like this bitch doesn't even need to eat That was, like, half of your savings. I was like, stop giving this girl food when, one, she doesn't actually digest it. Two, she doesn't need it to live. And three, you're so fucking broke. I was like, August, August. please. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Yeah. I was really, I know it's only, like, one page. But I was like, that. Yeah, and then she immediately somehow fixed everything, got her shit together after that. But I was like, how do you possibly make enough in tips at the diner yeah, to cover for three straight weeks of not going to work. Right, and I guess I'm. Um, I wonder how much the rent is. Did they like mention that? They did. They mentioned a very specific number. I think it was like it's, around seven hundred something okay. dollars for each person. So maybe she could swing it if her bank account was at twenty three dollars at the very beginning of month of the month. Right. She started working again. The minimum wage in New York is yeah. fifteen dollars. Right. She might have made just enough to cover for rent. But I don't think servers make the minimum wage. Oh, because you make cause like you can three make... something, and then oh, you, and then it's just tips. Yeah, and Billy's isn't doing wasn't well. wasn't doing well <laughs> because they almost close. Oh, jeez. Okay, we'll spiral in this t- into back into our existential crisis yes. later. <laughs> yeah, moving on. So moving on is Jane Sue, the girl that August is obsessed with. Yes. Almost to an unhealthy level, as we have just <laughs> freaked out about. Yeah. But she... It gets back on track. It gets back on track. But she is also 24, except she's supposed to be 24 back in, like, 1970-something. Yeah. She's, like, the cool lesbian aunt. Uh-huh. With sleek, short hair. Mm-hmm. Fla- always in a black leather jacket. We don't know. That's because she can't... She literally doesn't have any other clothes. Right. But... I feel like if she had a choice, she would also just... I mean, she eventually does have a choice and still and puts that back on at the yeah. end. Ripped jeans, tattoos everywhere, mm-hmm. in short, very, very hot. Very hot. You mentioned that you listened to the audiobook of this mm-hmm. and that her voice was really husky. They made her sound like a greaser, which I guess she is. Like, she's the female version of a greaser. Yeah. But I was just like, Stop. <laughs> Was it like sexy husky or yeah, was it yeah it was like supposed a bit to be a sexy husky husky is like what the actor was trying to do but it didn't work I I just think it didn't work for me because I don't like audiobook because of that like mm. I don't like it when one person has to throw their voice cuz then it everything just sounds vaguely cartoonish Okay um I was also at work Yeah which also added to the level of general discomfort I had. Right. Where you're like uber aware of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm kind of aroused. Mm-hmm. I'm at work. This voice is right in my ear. <laughs> yeah. Not the perfect work audiobook. No. <laughs> but I had to finish it. You had to. Well, anyway, so she's a very like hot headed, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. How to explain Jane. Cause, she's just so cool. Yeah, she's very into, like, she was a riot girl, mm-hmm. punk, right on the lines of, like, activism in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I mean, she's queer and a person of color, so she kind of, like, worked in those intersections. Right, which makes her semi-prickly, is mm-hmm. what I would describe it. Like, she's one of those defensive, people, Yeah. Yeah. But not, not so cynical like august who just believes the worst in everyone but just like if you give her shit she's not afraid to like give it right back yeah but then she i think she's also like more joyous than august where's like Mm -hmm. she'll be like fuck off to the haters but Mm -hmm. um she has a really fun time like even in her situation there's that like one scene where there's a blackout or like the train stops yeah. or something. I think it's power outage. Power outage. outage. I don't know how. Um, and they're all like dancing on the subway, and and Jane has like started that, or like she'll comfort people, or like give her gay pride pin to someone. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's so cute. Like, mm-hmm. just that sort of like softness. I think. There's, like, at the end, said something like, Jane was a switchblade girl with, like, a, a cotton go- candy heart. A cotton candy heart. And I was like, I know it's cheesy, uh, yeah. but it's true. Well, there we go again. I rolled my eyes, and you were like, I like it. And as you were saying it, I was rolling my eyes so yeah. hard. I was like, I know, but it's not wrong. <laughs> no, it's not wrong at all. No. There is a lot about Jane that is very expect, like, a... You know, very on paper, what you would expect of a romance hero. Mm. So I'm trying to remember why I didn't absolutely just write her off. I guess maybe you it's just
1: because, like, talk sometimes more about the she's just,
0: yeah, it's like she's so cool that I was like, oh, this is like almost like a stock character. Oh, I where see. Where she's just so special and so magical and so effervescent. Well, I think that's what it's supposed to be in the beginning, right? Like, when Jane doesn't know her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what threw me off and why I stopped reading the first time. Mm -hmm. But I think it really picks up, like, halfway or right before halfway when Jane figures out everything. Because then, like, or when August figures out everything. Because Jane becomes, like, grounded in, like, her relationships. And, like, when they were talking later in the book about, like, her relationship with Augie, August's uncle. Mm -hmm. And, like, her working at like billy's house of pancakes Mm -hmm. i was like okay now i see her as like a person and not just like this magical enigma right because sometimes i was like i don't really get this like yeah she just seems like not real but i think Mm -hmm. maybe that was the point like she's this manic pixie dream girl sort of thing yeah and that sort of fades away as august learns more about her yeah and for me like i agree with you um and I, I was on board like I wasn't rolling my eyes much at mm-hmm. any of this but that whole sense of her still being just too good to be true was still just around for yeah me. even at the end but I can also accept that like that's because it's August's first ever Love. relationship I agree with you in the sense where I was like still at the end I was like oh I want to talk to Kim if of whether or not, like, we think they could actually make it right. in the real world. Yeah. Because a part of me was, like, I don't know if I'm sold that they'll, like, truly make it work mm-hmm. just because, I mean, they talk about, like, the train being, like, this magic place and, like, how they, like, shouldn't have ever met each other, and they did, and this is, like, a total chance of fate. Mm-hmm. But part of me was, like, okay, but, like, how are you going to figure out everything else? Right. Like, you guys have this great connection but now I want to see you work it out and not I mean, this book shouldn't have been any longer because if yeah. it was, it would have dragged yeah, yeah. way too much. Yeah. But maybe I would like to see a little novella uh, or like a little short story spin off of just like them in world figuring right. it out. Right. And I mean, like romance aside, there is a lot of interesting stuff that the whole premise of her being stuck in time. Yeah. Then brings up. Well, first of all, she was in suspended animation. Meaning, like, her body wasn't... Aging. ...doing anything. Yeah. So that's why she could eat all of this food, but also don't have to eat to survive. Yeah. So I was like, what was it like for her to take a shit for the first I time? Know. Um, After the train! <laughs> yes, because Mila asks Jane, being like, so do you need to eat, or, like, what happens when you need to take a shit? And Shane's like, I don't. And my mind immediately was like, OK, but when you get out of this, like, gonna are be you so going to c- digest all that food? It's going to be so bad. Like, is that food just waiting there? <laughs> or has it like blipped? You know? And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Her intestines are going to go it's, through it. It's going to be so bad. And then I am just like, you're going to have to, you're going to be fucked up if you're from the seventies and you have un- been underground for 40 something years, you've come <laughs> back in 2020 and you realize a burger is like, seven to fifteen dollars now yeah (laughs) and the thing I'm like most invested in that we didn't see Mm -hmm. was her seeing her family again because her sisters and her parents are Are alive alive. and she like essentially ran away from home and was like I don't want to be found yeah so they might have just like thought that she died that she died Or that she's just, like, still out and about and is like, fuck y'all. Yeah. When the fact is she's just trapped on the train the entire time. And I'm like, I want to see, like. I at least wanted to see the sisters. Yeah. I wanted to see it all play out. But I think that would have added, like, a hundred pages. Yeah. Because, like, the reason of her leaving was, like. Her parents were not ready to accept the fact that she's a lesbian and doesn't want to take over the family business and mm-hmm. all of those parental expectations that they had a hard time letting go of. Mm-hmm. So did I need to? I wasn't necessarily in the mind space of reading about that, yeah. but at least I would l- like to think that her sisters, especially now in 2020, having been adults and one of them has a gay son, I think it would be such a sweet and easy yes. Scene that would just make it like really satisfying. Yeah, like a bow on on the present. Like we don't need it because she's really nice. Because she's so hurt. Yeah, and I was so hurt reading about how much I know. Like she she obviously like deeply loves her family. Like she got tattoos of like all of their zodiac signs, Mm -hmm. and like. I think Casey McQuiston does this really good thing of, like, showing how much she misses and yearns for them without yeah. it being obvious. Right. Where it was, like, at the very end, uh, August said something about how, like, Jane would sometimes just, like, skim the tattoos on her torso. Yeah. And I was like, Aww. oh, my God. Like, that's heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. And just when she finally talked about the guilt she's been carrying around Mm -hmm. this whole time of being the one to have left them because she is the oldest sister. So she was like, it was my job to have been there for them. Mm -hmm. When she finally talks about that guilt, I was just like, Oh, God. Because there's so much guilt involved in the, like, immigrant child experience Mm -hmm. that I just, reading that, I almost cried. Yeah. Where I was just like, I can't imagine. Because as much as I understand her resentment for a lot of the same reasons, Mm -hmm. I could not imagine doing what she did and being brave enough to just, like, shove everything in a bag. And keep going. With whatever money is in my bank account and just peace out. And she never faltered. She, like did that for years too. I think I would have broken yeah after like a year or two. I know. I'd have just like called them. Like even if I was maybe like not ready for a relationship, I think I would want to hear their voice. Right. Right. Yeah. But Or just knowing like how helpless like my parents are without mm -hmm. me again part of the immigrant trauma thing. mm (laughs) And it's fine. So it's just like imagining that where it's like, well, mom can't do this without my help. And mom can't do this without my help. Yeah. But then also understanding that like, well, I've had enough and I want to live my own life. And mm-hmm. just balancing that so that I can't imagine the solution that I could come up with is ever to just dip. Because dip. even if I dip, I would be sending money back. Yeah. That is the expectation, like the... The lowest of the low bars is if you're Mm. not going to do anything else you should be providing, Mm. like, monetarily. Yeah. And I think that guilt is probably only more magnified for Jane because August is essentially on the other end of that. Mm -hmm. Where her uncle might not have, like, abandoned her, but he did run away from home. and, And Jane sees the repercussions of that in how August is, like, how she's been brought up and the way she behaves yeah it's like oh Oh. i really hope your family loves you and they're like they just run with the whole i was trapped on on the q train for 45 (laughs) years and i mean like you know i can't imagine that they wouldn't recognize her and even if logically they're just like oh genetics is really powerful and like if they go with the lie that that's mm. her granddaughter and she's like trying to reconnect, like I feel like her sisters or her mom would at least have like an inkling in their mind. Yeah. Like they act the same. Their mannerisms are the same. Well, I think she's hoping to tell them the truth because Jane says something about like, if this all goes well, they might call me. Is it be you, be you, you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, and I might want to be called that and Jane's and August is like anything you want. So I have a feeling she's going to be like, hey, <laughs> I mean, not like so right. blasé like right. that. But I think she's going to try and yeah. tell them the truth is right my expectation. How do you even broach that conversation, man? Like, I mean, because first of all, there's already so much shit time loop aside yeah of like this is why i had to leave because her little younger sisters were really young yeah so you had to do this whole thing song and dance like you have to understand that it was the 70s and i was a raging lesbian and it Mm -hmm. just was not she was was raging lesbian (laughs) like she's like i'm not gonna hide it no fucking way made out with so many girls so many girls I was like, girl. I was jealous. I was like, oh my god. As August was jealous, I was jealous. Or August, August was, was like, also, like, insecure. And I was I like, know. I feel that. I, I feel know. that deeply. I was like, "Keeping a tally mark as Jane was talking about oh her my many god. sexual conquests? You know I would have done the same exact thing. I know. Which is why I was like, August, don't. Don't do it. You're self-sabotaging. And I was like, I would do." <laughs> yeah. But, um... The way she could approach it, and this is not a good approach, but it is an approach we have seen in *Age of Adeline*. Oh Jesus! <laughs> right, right. When when um Adel or is it Adeline or Adelaide? I Ad- don't whatever. Adeline, I think. Adeline. Um, she like sees Harrison Ford, who she used to date like many years ago. Oh, that movie fucked me up too. <laughs> Because why would you, Oh, it's fine. Like, and it's just really dumb because he's just like, oh my God, he looks so much like this person. She's like, crazy, right? And then they have like a big reveal thing. So she just kind of like lets him figure it out. And he's like, yeah. why? Right. How? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> That's she it. She was like, oh, you were in love with my mom, not me. Not me. And, Lies. He, and he was like, this is my girlfriend's. Or this is my. But my son's girlfriend, who I can't be oh, in a so total weird. and complete creep towards, but she's like a photocopy of the woman, the love of my life. I know. Oops, my wife of like 30 years is also right here. So weird. Who's also super hurt because she's like, I did not know you were this in love with another person. And the thing is, do you think Adeline was just as in love with Harrison Ford as Harrison No. You don't think so? I don't think so. Because I feel like if she was truly that in love with him- You'd start comparing the yeah. father and son, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Which you is why like, I was icked the fuck out <laughs> by that. Like, how would you not compare the sex? Also, mentally, she was, like, way older than her current boyfriend. So I was just yeah. like. It's very if it me, Bella. <laughs> if it was me I, and I found Harrison Ford again, I would be like, fuck it. We're going to make this work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Harrison, you're still fucking hot. Hot. That's The other thing, he wasn't even unattractive, so I was like, if she was equally as in love with him, right? It would have been the two of and them, and it wouldn't have been too taboo because she's like 30, 32 ish, yeah. yeah. He's Everyone like 55 ish, like, oh, he's rich, it's fine, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> sorry um, about that. So, that is an approach, but not a good one, no. and I think it's better to just like come right out and be like, I am her rather than being like yeah Ooh. i know i look like her a lot and okay yeah i think we can both agree that it's a hard conversation to have mm-hmm. but letting them figuring it out on their own is not not, not, the, not best the way move. to go uh, so should we talk about the actual relationship yes let's please i mean i thought it was really cute mm-hmm. awkward which is like Realistic depiction of what it's like to be 23 yeah. and so hopelessly in love for the first time. Yeah. Because it is it is this, like, sweeping, grand, like, out-of-time magical romance, but it's mm-hmm. also very grounded in the fact that there's one character who's just like, I don't fucking know what to do. Yeah. And Jane knows so much. And is like, I'm just a virgin. <laughs> Who knows nothing? Do you want to talk about that? I mean... We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll get get to it. Okay. We'll get to the sex scene and and the whole virginity thing. Okay. The virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Because it comes up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, And like, as a bisexual woman, I very much understand the gay panic Mm -hmm. of like. Girl that's staring at me, the, this girl that I'm trying not to stare at, but yeah. I'm very much staring at her, and I don't want to give her like any bad vibes because I have a resting bitch face. So when I stare at people, oh my god, a lot of the time they're like, oh, this is not it. She is so mean. And I, most of the time, I'm just like, oh, I wonder where she got that like yeah. shade of lipstick. It looks mm. so good. On I her. think I'm definitely like, it seems like I'm judging them mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I just think you're cute, or I'm, like, truly just staring out in the distance and don't even realize it. That, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, August definitely is having some bi panic here, Mm -hmm. especially after they start kissing for research. Oh, my. I That? Okay. Everything is... I was, like, on board with her whole, like, I don't know if this is flirting or if she's trying to be nice. Mm -hmm. Because I do the same thing when I like someone... And I yeah. try not to get my hopes up and looks like a dum dumb as I, like, you know, diffuse it by being like, they could just be being nice. Like, don't get right. into it. Exactly. But when you start kissing from motherfucking research, <laughs> you both know. You should both know. I mean, Jane or August once was like, D- did you ever kiss someone taller than you? And Jane's like, no. And then August still kisses her, which is, like, yeah. the moment that Jane gets all of her memories back. And it's like... August, come on now. Yeah, so for context, they figured out that, like, um, sensory stuff was what sparked Jane's memories back, mm-hmm. because before, Jane was just lost in the time loop, not a real sense of, like, her identity yeah. or any kind of memory. And then foods that she liked, laugh sounds that were fam- familiar music, music that she's heard triggered mm-hmm. memories. So they were like, well... You remember snippets of uh, ex-girlfriends. So why not reenact? Right. And those are usually like really strong sense memories. So Mm -hmm. let's just make out a bunch. Yeah. And And there's like a whole chapter where they're just doing that. So dumb. And essentially like. August is at a party, and she's calling Jane, and Jane's just, like, in her pocket, and it's really cute. It's really cute. I was like, oh, my God. And so, eventually, they bring the party to, to Jane the cute. train. in the subway car. How yeah. How sweet is that? And August is a little drunk, and I think they essentially kiss for the first time as just Jane at and just August. Kissing. Mm-hmm. And just kissing. And their connection is, like, so strong, it brings back, like all of jane's memories and jane's had a really hard time accessing any of like her her personal relationships like her family mm-hmm. and jane remembers it all and i was like wouldn't that be a very clear sign to you that like you're special and this means something super deep But no homely august was still <laughs> like, just like oh I'm going to repress everything, mm-hmm. not examine it, mm-hmm. and it's fine, even though it's killing me. Yeah. I'm so... That's the other thing, is like, you dumbass, is you are so in love with this person that you will essentially tear yourself apart and not even, oh like, stop to think about if you can go on like this. Right. Just for the other person's sake. And she eventually, like, can't. She, I think she's near a breaking point. hmm And her friends I think Nico especially is like hey hey you have to do something yeah and so August enacts this whole plan she brings like all these different foods that Jane wants to try and like a blanket and everything and they have a little picnic in the middle of the night because they knew on the Q train, on the Q train because that's like when no one would be in the car um, or oh. yeah in that specific car of the Q train so they have like it's essentially a date. Yeah, and August went to, into it with all of the intent of making a it a date. But she can't say it. She can't confess. No. Jane hasn't confessed. And this is when you see, like, Jane is just as, like, nervous and, like, questioning about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what this actually The nature means. of their relationship, yeah. Because... Before this, like, Jane just seems like this really enigmatic and super confident person. And low-key just, like, is also the person that flirts with everyone. Yeah. And so when she tries to flirt with you, you're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but she's just as affected by it mm-hmm. and, like, so, so in love and smitten. And with, this is, this, uh, I, I really loved their whole confession scene. I think it's really funny because it yeah. comes off as anger, which, again, is so realistic, so relatable. Yeah. Where so they're going by a bridge, I think. Yeah, they're looking over at the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. August was like, Let's go look at the bridge. Yeah. And so, August like starts staring at her instead and they're having it's, like, intense beautiful eye contact. Scenery. Yeah. So that <laughs> Jane looks August straight on, folds her arm across her chest and says, What the fuck, August? August mentally flips through the plan for tonight. Nope. Definitely not part of it. What? can't do this anymore, Jane says. She paces towards August, sneakers thumping hard on the floor of the car. She's pissed off now, brow furrowed, eyes vivid and angry. August scrambles to figure out how she screwed this up so fast. You, you can't do what? August, she says, and she's right in front of her. Is this a date? Am I on a date right now? Fuck. August leans against the door, equivocating. Do you want it to be a date? So that's the part where I almost, like, screamed audibly. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Does she want this to be No, changed? but I would have played this the same I exact know. way. <laughs> you know, I would have been like, wow, this is exactly how I would respond. Like, I would be like, oh, my God, I set this whole thing up. And it's like, now they must know how I feel. Yeah. Even if it's not actually like a, I like you. Yeah. So this was... This part is really cute. This mm-hmm. this is where you see Jane was like also equally as affected. Yes. Yeah. And she says no you tell me because I have been putting every move I know on you for months and I can't figure you out. And you kept saying you were only kissing me for research and then you stopped kissing me, but then you kissed me again and you are standing in front there looking like that and fucking thigh highs and bringing me wine and making me feel things I didn't even know I could remember how to feel and I'm going out of my goddamn mind. And August responds, wait you like me? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, just- this is not me in I mean, every situation. I know. I was in tears because I was just like, I have also been so incredibly horny <laughs> that it came out as just rage. Being like, come on. Just- We've done this back and forth. Let's get to it. But I just like, I like that she was uncertain because from August's perspective, as we were saying, she was just very cool and very flirty with everyone. But now, but having this context, I really appreciate that she was like, I put all of the moves on you. Right. I put work into this. And you August were, just doesn't see it. You were giving me nothing. Yeah. And now you set this whole fucking thing up and yeah. we're over the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And it just goes from zero to a hundred real quick where like they event, they both like say they're super into each other. Mm-hmm. And August says it was never just for research. And, um, they start kissing and August tells Jane to kiss her anyway. Sh- she wants to be kissed. Um, and then they're like making out, um, and, they're both like just super turned on because it's been like months and months of buildup. Holy fucking shit. And OK, <sighs> so this whole time as I was reading this book, I was like, are we going to get a really, really delayed payoff as far as like all of the mm-hmm. tension that's been building up? And when are we going to get the sex scene? Because obviously, logistically, I was like, oh, they're she's stuck on the Q train. They're not going to have sex Surely on the Surely they're train. not going to have sex on the Q train. It's and what the- did they do? They have sex on the Q train. So as the scene was playing out and things were getting hotter and hotter, I just kept sitting there like, no, when is someone going to walk into this car and break the little bubble? No. Nah. No. Because Jane's connected to the electrical subway system of the Q train. Yeah. And she essentially stops the train and shuts off the lights. Because she was so <laughs> So Horny. horny. She's like, wait a minute, no. And to, okay, to be fair, this is not a power that she knows she has. Yeah, and at this point, we didn't know that that was what was happening either. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, it's super convenient for them that the subway. Like, oh, you hadn't picked shut up on, on it. Off. Uh, I like thought about that. Yeah, super early on, where it was like, whenever she got angry, sometimes August would be like, the lights flickered, oh, and I mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay, cool. okay. Yeah, I didn't know how much control she had. No, I don't. Over I the I don't car. think she realizes she's control. She doesn't have control over it, but it's like when her emotions get high. Right, I yeah. know. But I, what I was saying is, I just thought it was the extent of like the lights. I didn't think she was mm. capable of like stopping the train. But I guess that is the point: is she was so horny. <laughs> yeah, she stopped the the whole the, train. the surge of her emotions just shut the train off. So they were like, um, so it's dark. And no one can get in this. Yeah. Uh, here we are. And we're both super hot and horny. And they have great sex. And they have sex on the motherfucking subway. And you know what? It's hot. It is hot. I hate that it's hot because I was just like... I know you're so thinking so about out dirty, dirty, grimy subway. But I will say post-subway clean of last year, the subway isn't as grimy. And... Even though COVID does not exist in this book's world, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put my version of The Subway into this book and be like, okay, it's not as disgusting because, oh, but it's super hot and, oh my God, I was like, honestly, I was reading this and I was like in, in the front room and I was like, damn, I was like, okay. I'm gonna need to take a break real quick and just eat some popcorn, eat <laughs> some popcorn, watch some YouTube videos about Outer Banks on Netflix. Oh my god! And then return because I cannot be hot and horny, 15 feet away from my mom. It's just not gonna happen. I was at work. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it on audiobook. Audiobooks. I was writing um, progress notes for patients, and I froze. <laughs> I was just like, surely they're not going to have sex on the train. <laughs> and then they started having sex on the train. There were the talks of like fingers everywhere mm-hmm. and just wetness. That's how Casey McQuiston wrote it, too. It's very yeah. generalized, but in a very sensual way. And you know what they're doing, it's so not it's like still too like, broad. Yeah. yeah. So it's vague, but it wasn't like so vague that it's not hot. It was just yeah. like she was so focused on the sensory detail. Yeah. That then it became really hot. And I was like, oh. Right. Because they don't, they're not like she licked her clit or pumped her fingers in her or anything like that. It's more like she bit the inside of her thigh, Mm -hmm. felt like the hot wetness of her sort of thing. And I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. So it was, I remember the exact part. It was when Jane was like, can I go down on you? That I, oh my God. Yeah. Slammed the pause button. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm at work. I can't. You can't. Well, it's on page 223 of my copy, and it opens with, I want to go down on you, Jane murmurs. Is that cool? August's eyes snap wide, snap open. What the fuck kind of question is that? Jane's head drops back with a bark of laughter, eyes shut, and lips swell in the line of her throat, obscene and gorgeous. I need a yes or no. Yes, okay, Jesus. Jesus, She says, they can call me Jane, actually. See, see, consent talk can be hot. Really hot. Consent talk can be so, so hot. And I love a good sex scene with some humor in it mm-hmm. that shows it doesn't have to be like this whole like yes, super so heavy, mm-hmm. big life-changing thing. And as a 22-year-old virgin who is moving to New York, I was like, wow, if my first time is like this, not on the subway train, I will be very happy. Yeah, can we just circle back to the fact that she lost her virginity <laughs> on the New York subway. Yes. Girl, girl. And she did it many times. Uh, like, they didn't, I think they only had like one or two more explicit scenes. Yeah. But, like, August, we it mentioned, was like, I tried. F- fish what is it called fish uh fishnets fishnets and then it came back home with them ripped in three different places and y'all uh, are in like, public oh my god oh my god and august has a little sex book where she writes down all the stuff <laughs> that jane's into which includes semi-public sex um orgasm denial yeah and oh gosh there's a lot of other stuff like long hair um permanent marks competence I felt called out I did too (laughs) the orgasm denial thing is not for me but the semi-public sex and the um competence Uh are both things that play a lot in the content I consume yeah (laughs) I was like I agree Uh, yeah yeah so I'm very glad I didn't listen to this on audio because I think I would have had a much stronger reaction than even reading it I would have been like oh too hot too close to what i i do in another spare time of time <laughs> so uh, are all women who like women just the same not to be so reductive <laughs> but i'm just saying are we all do we all just share one brain cell <laughs> it was hot though i mean yeah yeah and i liked the like post like scene where august like was back and she's like i don't feel any different and like Oh, what yes. what is sex if like we center it around this like idea of like being penetrative and like she knows she had sex right and it's just because it doesn't look heteronormative it still is
1: mm-hmm. and this like,
0: idea too of like it doesn't need to be this like super big deal of like oh my god i just lost my virginity and i'm a changed person sort of right. thing yeah and it doesn't even need to be with like the love of your life it just has to be with someone who you trust hmm. i was like cute love yeah right um do you want to hop into simp or psycho really quickly and yes. then we can talk about the queer dis- queer discourse mm-hmm. in this book okay. let's all right so it's time for simp or psycho this is just this is odd i guess we'll do both of them because uh-huh. you know yeah both of them are women mm-hmm. both of them have psycho moments in my opinion yeah. i think jane's most psycho moment was focusing so much on getting jane out that she forgot to take care of herself yeah i was like girly i think what this hang was the, it up real quick i think this was why we started this segment it was mm-hmm. because romantic gestures when overdone edges a little bit into the psychos territory yeah so back when What we said at the beginning of the pod, where like once she got so involved, not only in the mystery but also just in Jane Jane. as a person Mm -hmm. and wanting to hang out with her all the time, she just let everything else, yeah, go. And that's codependency love. Uh huh. You can't have that. You can't have that, especially when you're on your own in New York and you only have twenty dollars left. And you know what? She does strike a really good balance by the end. Yeah. And I don't think she'll fall into that again. Right. But it it was a little psycho moment. It, it was, was a little scary. Yeah. When I was reading that, and I was like, uh, I know Casey is going to call it out because she's presenting it in a very like worrying way. Yes. And not in a romanticized way. So I trust her. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be addressed, but my heart was still racing. <laughs> yeah. And, but overall, August is, a huge simp oh God. for Jane. Oh, my God. I mean, there's, like, this climactic scene in the third act where essentially August is like, I don't care if this even kills me. I'll do anything to bring Jane back. Yeah. And steps on the third, third rail. rail. Yeah. Of the subway. I'm like, girly, that'll kill you instantly. Instantly. But cool, I guess. Okay. That's maybe a little psycho, too, to, like, sacrifice Actually, yourself. Yeah, just to be like, I'll die. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you good right now? No, don't. So those are the two moments I think that are like, ooh. Yeah. But hopefully now that they're not stuck in a time situation. Right. It'll be it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then for Jane, she, I think the simp moment comes a lot more later on. Like mm-hmm. I said, when we know more about her and her personal inner life, mm-hmm. where we know the kind of moves that then she like, puts on yeah um the letter that they find oh yeah she wrote she wrote august a letter and slipped Mm -hmm. it into her jacket and this was so the whole like mystery outside of like how did she get stuck why did she get stuck how do we get her out is also um once we figure it out and we can get her out of the loop where does she exist now like 1970 or 2020 so before we knew, there was always this threat that like, oh, they could just send her right back to 1970, and they would be separated forever. And so Jane wrote this disgustingly gushy letter mm-hmm. and slipped it into August's That's jacket. So good. It is good. It's also a callback to how August described the Q train and, the cute and train. Jane, yeah, as a time, a place, and a person. Yeah, which. Does Jane even know that? No, they're just on the they're same. They're just soulmates. Like, I love it. I also really love their like love confession scene, where they're about to you know hit the power surge. See if Jane leaves and goes to 1970 or stays in 2020. Right. And August can't help but like say I, that she loves her, like just in case this is the last moment. Right. And Jane's response, I was like, oh, she says. Of course, I love you. I could go back and have a whole life and get old and never see you again, and you would still be it. You were, you are the love of my life. Not a love that transcends time. I was like, oh shit. Not a love that transcends time. And There's like this one scene where they're they're like, okay, August is like, well, if you are going back to the '70s, you'll probably have a wife. And Jane's like, well, she's just kind of to live with the fact that I think about another woman all the time. And that was when my brain was like, Age of (laughs) Adeline. I hope you listeners have seen Age of (laughs) Adeline. Or else you'll be like, what the fuck are they on? Well, it's just this, but the worst case scenario. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, oh my gosh, major simp. Yeah. It's really soft. I love soft simps. I know. Especially when they're so like, I hate the world. I don't believe in love. And that was the both of them. Well mm-hmm. more August than but yeah. Jane's exterior is also like very intimidating. Yeah. yeah. But they're both like outwardly very like uh, They have their guards up. Yeah, they have their guards up. So when the like so when the inside of that is just I would do anything mm-hmm. for you and like is this a yeah. date? I don't know you like me. I'm just like, you losers. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so sweet. It's so cute. And you see, like, throughout the book that August, who has her guards up really high, it has essentially them all down by the end. Like, she has her found family, and she has a great girlfriend. She bought a bed. She buys a... Not, a, not the twin bed that she gets in Craigslist earlier, but, like, a the queen bed. bed. And Jane puts it together. And, like, they buy a bookcase, and, like, August is really putting down roots and She's starts, safe. like, a yeah. PI thing. She feels safe Ugh. to own things. I know. How cute is that? I was like, soft. Yeah, I loved I mean, it. I can't imagine owning, like, three pairs of pants and, like, five shirts, not because... <laughs> Not because of vanity, but because I physically cannot do that much laundry all the time. No. I will also say we're fashion girls. (laughs) Yeah, we are. But I mean, like, if it was a life or death situation, I can see myself doing it. But just like, Kim, it smells. Wash it. (laughs) Yeah. You'd have to do laundry, like,
1: every Every other day. (laughs) Uh,
0: Like, how uh, many pairs of underwear does she have? Right, we never talked about that. I have so many. Because, I have so many. <laughs> because when I'm busy and I'm like, damn, I'm down to my last pair and I'm not proud of it. It only happened twice. But instead of doing laundry, I went and bought new underwear. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten that far. But I have been like, well, tomorrow's my day off. So I'll do laundry then. And I'm just going to wear sweatpants and no underwear the next day. You know, I've I've been there. One time this summer I wore my bathing suit. No, Kim. No. Not your paintings. <laughs> okay. Wow. But it's the summer. <laughs> okay. That's why I was like, this is fine. Yeah. And it's in, like, I think when we step back, sometimes I'm like, oh, are they going to make it? But then when I, like, read these little scenes, I'm like, they love each other so much. So they're going to figure it out. So much. And it's not like they have this thing that just has to bond them forever Mm -hmm. so even if there's like a little bit of a big spat somewhere down the line it's not like they can just forget that kind of bond yeah also their like bond is like literally cosmic to the point that it like broke all time it broke the space time continuum so like can you really break up after that yeah. Especially no. after you call each other like the loves of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Wow. Soft. Yeah. So love it. Anyways, I find it interesting that time loops just is so closely tied with electricity. Sorry to bring up Age of Adeline again, <laughs> but she stopped aging because she got hit by lightning. I wonder if Casey McQuiston watched Age of Adeline and she's like, okay, but make it young and queer and not as messy. So just really quickly, (laughs) Adeline got hit by lightning. We find out that. Jane was saving a friend because he had mm-hmm. fallen like he was so drunk, threw up and then fell into the rails. So Jane, like, jumped down to haul him out. And she does. But And then- she does. And then she went back for her bag because all of her precious, like, family memories and things are Weren't in the bag. It? And she trips. And falls on the fucking third rail. But she falls on it. Right as in the 1977 citywide blackout happens and the surge displaces her creates a rip in the time space continuum and she is stuck on the Q. Tr- what we think is the q train but it's actually the electrical grid of, of the q subway line right um we're not quantum physicists no so any of you are right in just be <laughs> like is that just tell us like is that feasible is that like a thing. But you know what? I don't care if it's not feasible. No, I don't. I kind of want to know. But I w- it mm. wouldn't make the book any better or worse Right. For me. It's fun to think about. And it's fun it's, for you. It's just an anxiety-induced <laughs> okay. thought okay. exercise for me. Okay. Cool. More so because I was like, oh, what if it happens? <laughs> um, Really quickly, talking about blackouts, do you know what's fun? Is I'm reading the YA anthology book Blackout right now, oh. which is written by all female black authors oh is that so fun so i was like listening to that and then reading this and i was like oh my god cute Cute. so i highly recommend that everyone it's really good um but yeah so she saves jerry who's one of the the fry cook the fry cook at at the diner at billy's house of pancakes um and that same day she had gotten a letter from augie august's uncle um revealing that he didn't die in this Hate crime against this like gay bar that she Mm -hmm. thought she like he died in. Mm -hmm. Instead, he had changed his name and moved to California, and so she was about to go to California, and that's why she was never reported missing because everyone just thought she moved. Everyone thought she dipped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, jumping on that hate crime, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I, you know, I read Red, White, and Royal Blue, Mm -hmm. and there was discussion of you know the hardships of being a queer person in the right. closet, but it wasn't so much about, uh, so much about queer history yeah, as much as this book. And I was so pleasantly surprised by how like, there were such great moments of joy and mm-hmm. like progress Um, that feels like a celebratory thing of like, look how far we have come since the seventies, yeah. but it didn't like diminish, you know, the, hiv aids pandemic no. in the 70s the hate crimes the marches they like brought all of that up which i and loved. really yeah and not in like a oh this is just lightning f- no like lightning fast didn't give it the whole emotional depth that it deserved mm-hmm. i was like moved to almost tears oh yeah i cried mm-hmm. he, like i cried reading about augie yeah and him moving and finally getting acceptance and then dying I cried when it was like his death was revealed and then I cried again when it was revealed he was actually happy and loved in California yeah and I was like even that is like revolutionary to see like someone being gay and out and finding happiness even Mm -hmm. with some of your close friends dying because of the same thing like yeah yeah, right it was really moving so it was purported that Angi had died um like you said in this attack of a gay bar and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's based on a, I don't know if it was real or if it was based on like an actual hate crime, but the way Jane talked about it, like the anger that she felt. Um, I'm sorry. I just looked up Casey McQuiston on Twitter. I'm on my personal one. It says follows you. <gasps> what? When? How? I haven't tweeted anything of importance. Does she follow the pot? No, it's my, it's my account.
1: I don't know how she also follow the pod.
0: Well, I'm I'm bringing her up on on the because I'm saying she could have found you through the pod. She does not. She does not follow the pod, but we don't follow her, which is a mistake. So we followed. Done Done, did it. Just as a no, Casey uses any pronouns. So wow. Okay, Mm -hmm. Jenny flex. Wow. Okay. Anyway, don't know how. But go on. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Well, my point is I like I never expected such a consequential like I never expected this hate crime to be so consequential to the plot. I don't know why. Maybe because it happens in 2020 that I wouldn't expect this kind of angst to like Mm. affect the plot. But of course, like Jane lived in the 70s. Yeah. And just her talking about. You know, she tried so hard to get people to care after this. Um, And because it was a hate crime against LGBTQ plus people, the police just like ignored it. Radio hosts laughed at them. No one even knew that it was a thing Mm -hmm. that happened. And which is why a lot of the family members of the victims never got answers. Right. And it was so like moving that I, I choked up. Mm-hmm. because I was just like yeah that that was the struggle and yeah in some parts is the struggle no like reading this I think after graduation I was like I don't want to do any sort of like research work right. like thinking Same. much because it's just like so burnout like I needed mm-hmm. time and space but like reading this I was like oh my god like I really want to like go back and like start my research again and like really look into this because it's just it's really moving and it kind of reminds you that like looking into the past and like finding these stories doesn't always have to be super draining when it's for yourself right or it could be for other people but that's not the impetus isn't like the grade or anything but it's yeah. like to actually like find these stories and, right. and bring stuff to light yeah and like, it, damn. it made me feel like an echo of all the like anger and pain that I felt after the mass shooting in 2019 mm. of the, what was the club's name in Florida? Oh gosh. Um Pulse nightclub. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it just brought up a lot of that where I was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't expect this book to get so r- real about yeah. like gay trauma. Mm-hmm. And we still see it happening and mm-hmm. we still see HIV and AIDS being like totally overlooked. And, Oh gosh, even this past week there was who's that rapper who was with the du- dua lipa? Da Baby. the Baby like did some more, had some like horrible comments about people with HIV and AIDS being like dirty and yeah. disgusting and He even, he went on like a homophobic filled rampage yeah. this it's, weekend. It's like those like disgusting comments mm-hmm. are still prevalent today. Yeah. And like we, like you said, we still see the echoes of it. So I think it was really great that she, that Casey McQuiston didn't, you know, turn a blind eye to yeah. it, but they like actually put it into the book. Right. And I, I the way she incorporated it was just so good because it didn't feel out of place no. at all, but then it was also given the emotional <laughs> mm-hmm. depth that it deserved. And I was just very impressed and very moved. Yeah. Oh. great book. Great book. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad we ended it on this one me too yeah i think there is a lot of aspects of ourselves in there mm-hmm. which is interesting it also made me confront an irrational fear yeah which is always a good exercise i will say before we like actually like start this podcast i always wanted kim to read this like one time travel caveman book I, I don't know i don't know the title but i have since given up on that endeavor <laughs> i will not hold you to it um but this maybe like pushed, pushed it as far as you could go. Maybe for the and time, still being. enjoy it. Yeah, and still enjoy it. Yeah, I was just a little bit more unnerved than I think the the mystery actually warranted. Mm. I think it was only supposed to like intrigue and like spark that like oh what happened yeah why is she stuck on the train but I was just like something terrible happened mm-hmm. yeah and me being me was like the logistics of it I was like okay okay but how does she the digestion <laughs> well that too where i was like oh god her first poop after she like i sorry to keep bringing this back up but just like you haven't pooped in 40 something years that first one is gonna feel <laughs> so bad or good or good but i feel like leading up to it's, it you're just like what is what like are rumbly, these cramps? Oh, what is this oh my gosh the first time she has a period again yeah like, is she going to be like, I feel bad. Something's wrong. And they're like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, my stomach kind of hurts. And, I'm like, and everyone's like, it just sounds like you have to take a poop. She's like, because like, I she, forgot about that. Why would she remember? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jane brought back the important memories and probably all the memories of how a human body functions, too. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, so it was just darling. I really liked it. Yeah. Do they ever call a clit a clit? Do they even say the word clit? They did not say the word clit, but there was no, there were no mentions of genitalia. Yeah. I think Casey's writing is very much like, like you said, sensual and more sensory mm-hmm. and it really works. So I'm not going to hold it against <sighs> It really it works. works. hmm. It sure does. <laughs> Happy they have a bed now yeah. and they're not having to have sex in the Q train. I have a feeling they might, like, chance it, though, after. I, I feel like I was Jane. I would never step foot on the subway ever again. Oh, my God. I know. They mentioned at the end that she finally got, like, an MTA car, and I was like,
1: Why wow. wow.
0: <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Because you... you probably can't take a cab to and from Flatiron to Chinatown yeah. every single day. Okay. You have yes. to take I know. the subway. I know. Okay. Also, as a last minute aside, I know I'm going to be living in... The West Side of Manhattan. And while reading this, I did look up if there were any 24-7 diners or like mom and pop diners. And maybe it's just because I don't know my specific address yet or whatever. But I couldn't find any. And I was like, bummer. Yeah. The B-plot was also the fact that New York is being slowly wiped of its small businesses. Mm -hmm. And they were like the B-plot was them working very hard to save Billy's House of Pancakes. Yeah. Which they they did. did. Yay. But, yeah, I found, like, a lot of small businesses, but it wasn't, like, long hours. Okay. But that might also just be a COVID thing. Well, I hope so. you find it, because I love pancakes, and that was, the, yeah. that was the other thing. Reading this book, I craved pancakes so bad. I'm so glad I'm not in love with pancakes, because I would have been like, oh, God. I love breakfast foods. I just, well, I want chocolate chip pancakes. Mm. And those are a good Those ones. are the only pancakes I'll have, and strawberry ones. Worst comes to worst, than go to a Waffle House. Okay, okay. All right, so what's your rating for this book? I give this a solid four ripped bodices out Mm -hmm. of five ripped bodices. I think I give it, like, I said on Goodreads Mm 5, in my mind it's more like 4.5, 4.75, like not perfect because it did take me a bit to be, like, fully invested in the story, like 75 pages. But when I was there, I was there. I, I agree. I also read, like, 300 pages of it today, and I was, like, in it. And I loved it so that's where I'm at um but because this is our last episode really quickly let's rank our books yeah all 10 books that we did for this season so before we recorded we actually sat down and we wrote a little, little list. list so do you and to uh, how do you want to do this I was thinking I say my 10 you say your 10 and do we want to go our way up yes yes Okay, what's your number 10? The Duke and I, surprisingly, yeah. to myself. Give your reasoning. Why is this the worst out of all the books? I, okay, to be fair, we did a lot of this based on feelings because mm-hmm. we don't remember everything. General vibes. So I had the bottom three, and I was just like, okay, what reading experience was, was the, the worst. worst? And The Duke and I, as you remember, it took me so fucking long to get through. Yeah, you did not like. Reading it, no, we're gonna have to give historical romance another try. Oh, definitely. I'm not anti historical romance at all. It was You're just anti like the Duke and slogging I slogging through her family mm-hmm. for like 200 pages. Yeah, what I, well, like I found it. endearing, you found annoying, and that's yeah. okay. My number ten, I think, to no one's surprise, is The Devil Wears Black by L.J. Shen, because I. I barely enjoyed it. I don't think I could say I enjoyed it. It just happened. And I read it. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. In a very similar vein, my number nine is Devil's we- Devil Wears Black. And surprisingly to me, my number nine is Harbor by Rebecca Weatherspoon. I thought I enjoyed it more. But then looking at this list, I was like, nah. Yeah, especially in comparison with everything else. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the other thing is this is all just in comparison yeah. with the other books on the list yeah. and our reading experience a it, which my number eight, Harbor. <laughs> okay. We are right there. My number eight is Sweet Hand mm, because okay. I think it was like right down the middle for me, but even two weeks after reading it, can't really recall much of anything, and it didn't leave a lasting impression on me. Okay. So seven for me is Honey Girl, Mm -hmm. Uh, which we had a hard time with this one because it was our fault. We thought it was romance, marketed as a romance. Marketed as romance is more women's fiction coming of age, adult coming of age. I was not in the mindset to go through an existential crisis. Not right before graduation. So this isn't anything about the writing. The writing was actually pretty solid from what I remember. I just, my experience reading it, it was just not fun. For the same reasons of, like, not knowing where to place it, I also put Honey Girl at seven. But outside of this, like, podcast, I did actually really enjoy the book and unlike sweet hand where the more i think about it the less i like it Mm -hmm. the more i think about honey girl the more i like it okay so i'm like that was a pretty solid book it just wasn't what i was expecting yeah and number six for me is sweet hand wow yeah i know i liked it fine yeah (laughs) okay that's all I have to say she liked it fine well number six for me is The Duke and I because I think it's fun it's a great entry to historical romance series I just finished the seventh book so I only have one more book in that (gasps) goddamn series (laughs) but I really dislike the whole um like consent issues and everything Mm -hmm. and i wish there was an alternate universe where julia quinn will edit her books (gasps) and rewrite that thank you very much breaking news taylor swift just tweeted oh god (laughs) what'd she say gotta pause about ronan i think she just released ronan (gasps) fucking hell not ronan i know jesus i'm leaving this in by the way Oh my god. And I'm going to a dinner after this. And I tried showing this to my coworker Colin. He's like, I don't want to cry at work, but I'm gonna make him No, make, make Colin cry. cry and then send him send me the video. Oh my god. Anyways. Okay. What number were we at? You oh were god. at Oh god. Okay, I number just five. Five. Yeah. Five. Five for me, one last stop. Really? I know. I like it. Oh my it. god. I like it so much. But like I said, <laughs> In comparison with the reading experiences of everything else. Okay, so you're saying you had a better reading experience with Ice Planet Barbarians, but you're not saying I'm Ice not Planet, saying Planet Barbarians a book. is a better book. Okay. I'm not saying Ice Planet Barbarians okay. is a better book. Than Thank God. <laughs> I was like, not Ice Planet being a better <laughs> Reading experience. Okay. Well i think for me i was i was doing maybe a bit more even keeled reading experience and book um so ice planet for me is Uh, number five well ice planet's not that high for me mine's four and the thing is it just came down for me too because these are romance the part of the reading experience was just like how fun was the relationship for me and And that's why ice planet edged out out. just a tiny bit we also had so much fun recording our ice planet barbarians episode that we're definitely going to read another we're doing the christmas special spoiler alert we're gonna do the christmas (laughs) Christmas special. (laughs) well i think that'll be like a bonus episode because i just also want to read the second book okay (laughs) okay so (laughs) we'll hammer out the details later um so you said your number four is ice planet barbarians Mm -hmm. My number four is A Breath of Fire. Or is it A Promise of Fire? It's A Breath. A Breath? I think the first one's A Breath, and then the second second one's one's A a Promise. promise. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've read that series a lot. Um, Super fun. Um, Yeah, I think it's a great introduction to fantasy romance. It is. It is a great introduction to fantasy romance. All right. Number three for me, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert. Wow. Yeah. Wait, have you said Breath of Fire yet? I haven't. <gasps> Interesting. I know. <laughs> okay. Because your rating, I think, is higher for Spoiler Alert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, for Spoiler Alert was three because, I mean, great book. Great book. Like, we're edging out to, like, five stars yes. territory, one through three. Yeah, one through three all had five stars for me. It was just... I don't know. Something about a breath of fire, I think, is, like, more hijinksy. Mm, and I've you always... You like the fun part of and it. And it's always... Been, I've always been, like, the fantasy book YA reader. So it just, ah. like, took me back to my roots a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, my number three is One Last Stop. Ah. Uh-huh. Yes. Because I think it's, it's just fucking excellent. It's yeah. great. And it's also, yeah. like, super fresh, obviously. Right. So, two is then a breath of fire. Okay. I think my number two will surprise you. It's Spoiler Alert. Because I always, like, say, like, Spoiler Alert is a book that, like, I read when I have to be, like, reminded that I, like, deserve love. Meh, 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 mushy. Um, we're not doing it today. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was, like, the third time I've read that book. Um, and so... After reading it so many times, you do pick up on, like, the little flaws, or it's like, oh, okay, like, mm-hmm. this kind of drags a little. Then it wasn't, like, perfect five stars anymore mm-hmm. for me. I gotcha. Um, but I love it. So, so great. Yeah. Like we said, this is just straight, like, one, the position of one through three is just... Tooth and Top nail. marks. I will say even one through four for me. Yeah. Like, top all marks, of them are great. We love them. Mm-hmm. It's just based on how i feel at this moment in time yes but our number one is shared yeah so
1: okay. it is one, one,
0: Two, three. Act, act your age eve brown. brown can we shut up about this book no, no. <laughs> it's so good you guys no we literally cannot <sighs> shut up about this book it's because i've fantastic. never had a protagonist that was so perfect that i wasn't bored by mm-hmm. but what did jacob do wrong Nothing. Nothing. I love I'm him. I'm so in love with both of them. I'm like, Talia Hibbert, you served. And yeah, I loved it so much that I spent an extra 99 cent on Talia Hibbert's A Roommate's Risk. You did. I, last night, was thinking about buying the Illumina, Illumina, whatever the fuck, I <laughs> pronounce it. Illumicrate editions of... Talia Hibbert's Brown Sister series, which mm-hmm. is hardcover, sprayed oh, edges. Oh yes, I saw I saw it on TikTok. But, it looks so pretty, But it's a hundred nine dollars okay. for three books. For three books. And then you have to pay like fifteen bucks yeah, for shipping because yeah. it's a UK based right, company. Right. And I was like And we're not saying like, oh for three books. Like we understand the like craftsmanship oh, especially yeah. that goes into these books. We're just saying I'm a cheap hoe. We're poor. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I'm not poor, I'm just fucking cheap. I'm that bitch, um, and also quick shout out. I showed Kim this right before we started the podcast, but um, Instagram. I saw um this post by Bryce B. dot artist, and y'all should check and it out because he just illustrated this amazing fucking cover of um actor age Eve Brown. I think I'm gonna go to his Etsy store and buy the print. Because yes, you should do it. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, So, and the thing is, we were talking about the print. The print is SFW, like the, the picture. It's mm. very safe for work. There's nothing explicit on it, but the way it's printed, the style, it just Sexless. Hints. It's just hints at the, no, the... Oh, this one, this one. Yeah, yes. even though it is very safe for work, it still like hints towards the sexiness that is in mm-hmm. Eve Brown in the way that the actual cover yes. doesn't. And if we have a bone to pick with the book, it's the cover it's that the cover is like misleading to some people yeah i think it's a perfect um middle ground Mm -hmm. between like the classic bodice ripper covers of like Mm -hmm. the two leads and like a sensual embrace yeah and what we're seeing now with the like cartoon covers of just two people looking at each other from a distance yeah yes this one's and it's so top notch. Right. And the cartoon covers are so cartoony that we're like, oh, these are not sexual yeah. characters. You can't even really like see what their bodies look like or anything. Yeah. It's just it becomes so cute that you're like, oh, it's not sexy, mm-hmm. which then puts a lot of smut readers off. And then it surprises mm-hmm. a lot of non smut readers who yeah. are like, this cover was so cute. Why is it so explicit? Right. So anyways, we love A. Chief Brown and we really liked one last stop. Um and if you've listened to our whole season, thank, thank you. Thank you. We're just a little baby pod. We are. We're o- we're only now sitting on a, a resemblance desk. of a desk. It's even a makeshift desk. It's a makeshift desk. This whole entire time we've just been sitting in each other's rooms on the floor. On the floor. Um and like very slowly adjusting ourselves to not disrupt the sound or anything. Um, So, yeah, we appreciate you supporting our little baby podcast. And we look forward to coming back later this year once we get some details hammered out. Yes. So please follow us on Instagram and Twitter for Mm -hmm. that exact date of the release. Yeah. (laughs) Which we will post as promptly as possible. Yes. We have to do another meeting because I have to run. So it's at ripping on pod. Mm-hmm. And then if, please, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your rankings. If you yes. have rankings, uh, email that to us at rippingonbottisrippers ri- ripping at gmail.com. Exactly. And if you could um, always rate us five stars. It really helps out um, a new podcast like ours and really gets it pushed to the algorithm so more people find us and listen to us. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. And we will see you sometime in sometime the future. Sometime soon. <laughs>